there? Well, I'm, I'm in the US, so it's um, it's been particularly bad in the US because, let's face it, um, when the previous president um, launched his campaign, it probably was based on a, a, an anti-China agenda from the US. It then became a, um, a sort of faux trade war um, and just lots of rhetoric that's been picked up by a huge number of people in the US and pushed and, and funded. I mean, I've seen incredible efforts from everything from Falun Gong to to the um, the Miles Guo camp, Steve Bannon's group, pushing the, the conspiracy theories around China as part of an anti-China political rhetoric. It's, it's useful to them, and they're funding it and pushing it. And science has been, to some extent, caught up in that, to other instances, absolutely crushed by it. And, and what I mean by crushed is um, we've not had access to work in China on the origins for the last 12 months, which is... Um, ironic because we could have been on the ground there working with our Chinese colleagues and by now we may have had some really important answers as to how it emerged and um, the, the, the rhetoric has held that up um, so it's, it's this, these politics are not there um, to help find the origins they're simply there to help one political party win um, and it's that's the problem I think and people are caught up in that and I, I wish they would uh, wake up and realise that and to some extent, science is being used and abused in that state. Wow. The science is being used and abused, says Dr. Peter Dashuk from the Echo Health Alliance. But who is Dr. Peter Dashuk, and why is he so quick to lay the blame not at the feet of the Chinese Communist Party, for withholding data and withholding evidence and stopping the world from really seeing what went on at the Wuhan lab. It's been over a year now that people have been desperately pleading for access to know what's been going on there. But we will tell you what's been going on with Dr. Peter Dashuk here on this show today, Monday, March the 22nd, the day the wall came down on Capitol Hill on this episode of The National Pulse. I'm Raheem Kassam, editor-in-chief of thenationalpulse.com, and joining me in studio is the real editor-in-chief of The National <laughs> Pulse, and that would be none other than one day Dr. <laughs> Natalie Winters. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Well, it's been a long time coming, this episode, because yes. Dr. Peter Dashuk, I think, has, has, has sullied the good name of good people out there, not just in the scientific community, but also uh, good ordinary Chinese people who want answers to how this virus started and, and who is behind this, and appreciate the support from people like Steve Bannon for, for opposing the Chinese Communist Party. But Natalie, what Dr. Dashik there is saying is that the rhetoric the rhetoric, he says, about where the China virus came from, where the CCP's virus started, is what actually is stopping the CCP from handing over the data. Not, not to the United States, not to the Republican Party, not to the War Room, not to the National Post, but to the WHO itself. And people should realise that Dr. Peter Daszak is a part of of the World Health Organization. He forms part of their COVID investigative team. So in effect, in effect, he's saying, 
hey, the reason I can't, as the investigator in charge of this, get to the bottom of what actually happened is because of Stephen K. Bannon. There is so much to unpack here. We've been covering Peter Dawshak really as a central player in this COVID origins probe. I believe our first article on him was dated May 11th of 2020. Uh, he kind of just broke on into the scene uh, in a 60 minutes interview where he he came on and despite presenting himself as apolitical and, and a scientist, he criticized the Trump administration's response to COVID-19 very heavily, accusing them of letting their uh, disdain for the Chinese Communist Party really solely any any ability to engage with the pandemic and, and the virus uh, just objectively. Uh, but from then on, it's it's kind of been an interesting web to unravel, uh, specifically with regards to his involvement with the Chinese Communist Party, because all we've ever heard from the mainstream media about him is that he is, quote, independent, right. uh, that he is a neutral arbiter, that he is a very legitimate scientist. Although I think, as you pointed out in a recent article we put up uh, about him, he went to the 116th ranked university to get his PhD out of 130 in, in something the UK, like that. Some, something along mm-hmm. those lines. Uh, but really, the the short story, the kind of the bullet points with Peter Doshak, is that for nearly two decades, his group, the EcoHealth Alliance, has collaborated with the Wuhan Institute of Virology on studies and research that many scientists, smarter than us, <laughs> say really engineered the human doorway for COVID nineteen to infect as many people as it did. So that right there is one one level of compromise, but. In between the the time where he started working with the Wuhan Institute of Virology uh, and you see him telling World Health Organization officials that it's people like us who are actually to blame for the lack of transparency or uh, even telling those fellow WHO researchers that the 16,000 studies and databases and samples that the Chinese Communist Party just seemed to magically disappear in September 2019, that those didn't warrant a closer investigation. They could complete their probe without looking into those. So somewhere in that time period, like I said, around 20 years Peter Doshak has attended conference after conference, uh, and these conferences are sponsored by entities either controlled and funded by the Chinese Communist Party, or at least some controlling entity uh, resides with the Chinese Communist Party. These are conferences that have been sponsored by China Global Television Network. He's spoken on panels at these conferences. He's also gone on CGTN himself and he also uncritically shares links from cgtn and uh xinhua on his twitter uh look there's a a lot there already right we're 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 seven minutes into peter (laughs) dash and it already sounds to me like he is not the neutral arbiter that he he purports to be um even uh the washington post albeit under josh rogan's byline who's you know a particular china hawk has published information critical of peter dashik the financial times followed our lead in publishing critical information about peter dashik um so so let's take it back a step here so what is the echo health alliance and 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 how does peter dashik uh being a a low-grade graduate of a low-grade university fly all around the world and get put in charge of uh, an investigation into the origins of covid19 i mean to to quote donald trump um the who is 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 not sending their best (laughs) that uh, well part of it is american taxpayer dollars uh, as we well know uh, the collaborations that were going on at the Wuhan Institute of Virology enjoyed joint funding from both uh, American NIH 
and the Chinese government, which Peter Dalshak admits to. But his background is is very curious uh, in that it's it's kind of hard hard to piece together. Uh, I know EcoHealth Alliance. It's not the first name. It used to be called something very euphemistic, having to do with a world and and Earth or something. I'm forgetting the the name. Uh, but yeah, no. So he's he serves as the the president there and his his main engagement with the foundation and you see it in that his names are on a lot of the studies mm-hmm. coming out of the Wuhan Institute of Virology specifically alongside the the infamous bat lady uh, the lady who was running house uh, w- with a lot of the kind of gain of function research a lot of the research that people kind of trace to covid-19 this is the idea that of, of using um, viruses and vir- you know virology as a study by which to 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 I don't know if I can use the word uh, not improve but kind of there's this this augmentation element of this and see what these things can be used for whether it's bioweaponry whether it's something else where it's de- de- you know delivering something else so so Echo Health Alliance is 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 born I think in 1971 it's it's called something else it's called like the Wildlife Trust or something else for a long time and then and then Dashit comes along and all this money starts pouring into this organization um, I think it was it was uh, only a couple of years ago, really, you saw this huge grant, I think $400,000. Uh, and it, again, like you say, Natalie, it goes uh, alongside uh, NIH, the National Institutes of Health, uh, via and with uh, the, the Wuhan Institute of Virology. There's another $7.5 million grant that's given to them by the National Institutes for Health. This is where it links uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci. This is where it links people like Francis Collins. You know, I think, and it will never bore me to say this, Dr. Fauci is and has been for some time, remains to this day, the single highest paid government employee in the United States of America. Uh, He is all over the television every day. He's giving fanciful interviews. He's getting things wrong. He's contradicting himself. He's he's sticking his oar into um, uh, political um, issues rather than sticking to his his remit. And all the while, he is tied up with Peter Daszak, with the Echo Health Alliance, with all the money that's going there, and all the research relationships that, as you say, uh, had to do with this bat lady and, and, and so on and so forth, right? So so let's look at him as, as an individual, because Daszak has lived a very interesting and, and, and really a very privileged life. Not, a, you know, a, we can make fun of where he went to university, but he went. He went to university. He got a degree. Um, he's held adjunct po- uh, positions at high high profile universities, and he's also uh, had this kind of I would say career long link with government. Now, when you're in the field that he's in, that's the holy grail because that means you're not looking to foundations or private philanthropy or anything or or raising the money or earning the money yourself. What you're looking at is government to hand you stipends and to hand you subsidies uh, to perform this research. And it always comes with um, strings attached. Now, it will definitely come with strings attached as far as the US government and the NIH has been concerned. But when the NIH is in bed with a Chinese uh, laboratory or laboratory or however you say it. Uh, I know we have different pronunciations of that word between our different continents. Then you've got strings from two different directions being pulled. And it seems to me like Dashuk has allowed his strings to be pulled more by the Chinese Communist Party than his 
predominant historical benefactor, uh, which is the U.S. government. Yeah, it's curious in that he seems to have done more Chinese state media outlet appearances than he has in mainstream Western media. Uh, all I can really recall is him going on 60 Minutes and despite slamming uh, movements like Falun Gong and, you know, kind of subtext attacking outlets like ours, like the Epic Times, like War Room. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's never really made overtures. You know, I've reached out for comment several times. Right. I've never heard back. So I, I would think that if he really cared so much that, that he would make an effort to, to at least get it, get in touch with, with our side. But as you were talking about the kind of strings attached uh, to, to the money that he, he was getting from either the NIH or these Chinese Communist Party-linked scientific organizations, it's kind of, it's it's by no means funny, but it's it's perhaps reflective of the work EcoHealth Alliance was doing. But uh, he, he would always tweet about, and the specific goal of of his research was to prevent pandemics and to prevent an out- outbreak. My personal favorite from 2018, uh, an old tweet that I, sh- I think I shared over the weekend, new paper out today from our collaboration with, and lists a couple of Chinese doctors, mm. um, first evidence that SARS related viruses might still be spilling over into people in Yunnan province, China. We're now a step closer to preventing an outbreak exclamation mark. And when was that from um, March 2nd, 2018. Hmm. So, and th- there are some more. It's very interesting going through his his Twitter uh, with the keyword China yields some very interesting. So, results. was this to do with the gain of function experiments that were going on? Yeah. O- overall, again, from the analysis of of scientists and people with with PhDs who, who take <laughs> the, our, our the people I trust the least. Yeah, the uh, experts in, in quotes. A, a lot of the uh, Eco Health Alliance oriented research uh, in Wuhan had to do with gain of function, i.e. transmissibility of certain viruses from animals to humans, uh, making things, you know, more lethal, whatever, more toxic. Uh, So, so yeah, no, it's, it's very, very interesting. The story uh, of Peter Doshak and, and how the media lets him run around uh, as an independent nonpartisan entity uh, despite the fact that he subtly criticizes the Trump administration. And I'm not even talking about the oh, fact that he's donated. Yeah. That he I'm, don't, yeah. I'm not sure it's subtle. <laughs> it started out as subtle on 60 Minutes, but then it progressively it got it got worse and worse and worse. And I'm not even talking about the fact that he donates exclusively. Well, to let's Democratic get onto that. Let's get onto that is, in a minute, which is which is interesting and telling. And and um, you know, he's lived in the United States, I think, since the 1990s, and is a U.S. citizen, and is therefore uh, able to donate to, to political campaigns, political parties uh, in the United States. But he's not the only one on the WHO uh, investigative team uh, that has this kind of strange. Uh, link with the um, with the Chinese Communist Party. Yeah, Marion Koopmans, who I think we may have discussed on, on a previous podcast, mm-hmm. but I believe that she was the French representative for the WHO uh, with regards to this mission to China to, to uncover where COVID came from, how it spawned, how it spread. Such a so typical American. She's the Dutch oh, representative. Koopmans. I could have sworn that she did stuff with France. Maybe she did stuff with France. <laughs> she just, I, 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 she's Dutch. Raheem, you, you asked me to and remember that, and by, a by lot the way, of articles. That's not Pennsylvania, okay? 
<laughs> well, I apologize to France. <laughs> Although I'm sure there's some French doctor that is also similarly CCP oh, almost certainly. compromised. <laughs> they were funding the, the stuff. That's that they no, but they had there. oversight. They were supposed true. to have oversight. Yes. That's That's what the French were doing. The <laughs> French were supposed to have oversight of what was going on over there. And it turned out they, they weren't doing anything at all. But Koopmans, tell us how Koopmans was, the French Koopmans, uh, tell us how the French Koopmans was... Um, has been compromised here. Sure. So she served as a member of the scientific advisory board uh, at the CDC of Guangdong province in China. And I, and I, sorry, hold on. She's worked for the Chinese communist party is what you're telling me. Uh, Yeah. Right. In short. Well, I mean, let's be clear the the Chinese CDC is not going to be separate from the Chinese communist party, is it? Definitely not. It's probably one of the organizations that is most under their control. Uh, But, but that's, there's just the tip of the iceberg uh, with her. She also, in addition to that affiliation, uh, has authored a ton of studies. And by a ton of studies, I mean a ton. I couldn't even read all of them. Uh, of studies where the co-authors and, and the funding entities, the people sponsoring the research, uh, are all Chinese Communist Party-linked entities, both the researchers themselves and the programs, the grants that, that she was getting them from. I'm going back to the story now, and mm-hmm. some of these programs were the National Key Research and Development Program of China, the National Key uh, Laboratories, all, all the and, and even to take a, to ste- a step back, I mean, these are the programs, again, they come a little after the birth of, of the Thousand Talents program, which I believe was around 2007. But And just what what, what is the Thousand Talents program? Uh, in, in short, I would say it's using research grants and, you know, facilities, prestigious positions at Chinese universities to lure American and Western professors overseas. Oftentimes, these American professors fail to disclose these financial ties, and then oftentimes they end up getting indicted by the DOJ for doing so. There was a very high-profile Harvard professor by the name of Charles Lieber, who was indicted, I'm, in, I'm inclined to say, maybe one to two years ago mm-hmm. before COVID was even a thing, and a pretty s- strong uh, This was a Trump administration thing that they introduced to go after and to stop the Chinese Communist Party effectively recruiting uh, Western academics to do work for them. At the same time as pulling their, you know, wherever it was from Harvard or whatever salaries and and, and and whatever fancy other tenured stuff that they get at those places, they're also then siphoning stuff off to the Chinese Communist Party. The Trump administration comes along and goes, hold on a minute, you can't do that. You know, that, that's not the rules of the game. And anybody that does that, we're going to prosecute you for handing state, what may be state secrets, uh, over to, to the enemy. Yeah, it, it really is, is terrible. And it goes back to what I was saying and how the Chinese Communist Party views science, views these research grants, it really is all a tool just to get China to really triumph over the United States with regards to science and technology. So just from from a, you know, patriotic standpoint and loving your country, I, I think it's so despicable when you see these researchers really... That's, hold on. That's a very high bar to set for an academic. Academics tend to not love their countries. <laughs> no, no, seriously, sure. right? They, they, I, and I'm not insulting all academics here, but you know what I'm talking about. What we should do is change... Look, let's change our expectations here. Maybe we don't expect them to love their countries, but, but well, we should. But let's imagine we don't. We ex- at least expect them not to collaborate with a genocidal totalitarian regime. And then lie about it. And, right. And yeah, and on that, I just shared an old story we had, but the Biden regime, excuse me, <laughs> uh, following in the Trump administration's footsteps, they sanctioned an entity that I believe it's the Xin, Xinjiang Production and Construction Corps. Mm. 
and for their role in what we call the Uyghur genocide. And the Harvard Kennedy School, by the name of the Ash Center, they were explicitly advising this entity as part of a program that they had with the Chinese Communist Party. And if you read the program description, they were responsible for introducing them to, I believe it's, quote, you know, various leaders at the local, state, and and federal levels. Mm. So when you talk about this liaising between the Chinese Communist Party and American universities, we could do 90,000 different podcasts on that. And we will. And, and, oh, we most definitely (laughs) will. Uh, But, yeah, uh, and on that, too, it's also interesting just speaking about the Thousand Talents program and the crackdown that the Trump administration launched to essentially prevent people like Peter Doshak, mm. who essentially act as PR agents for the Chinese Communist Party, and you really see how detrimental that is amidst a pandemic. Uh, like you said, they cracked down on the Thousand Talents program. They really hammered the kind of civil-military fusion links with regards to helping China uh, with their scientific development. But the Biden regime, uh, the day that they took power, they scrubbed the China threat tab from their own State Department website. Uh, I've definitely not seen as many Thousand Talents indictments as I have under the the Trump administration. And frankly, I'm not surprised because we had a story up last week about how how one of Biden's top advisors, well, she actually spoke at at a conference next to a professor by the name of Gang Chen, who is another one of these very high profile Thousand Talents-esque cases Mm. at MIT, where he was, as you uh, described just minutes prior, uh, simultaneously taking taxpayer dollars, working on scientific studies in America, while also uh, explicitly advising the Chinese government on scientific advancement and collaboration. So at the point in which which Joe Biden's advisor uh, is doing, to some extent, what Peter Doshak is doing, obviously these people think they can get away with it. And that's what really makes me so mad about Peter Doshak because he has the nerve to complain that people like us and our outlets, you know, are giving him a headache because we're peddling disinformation. It is precisely people like him who for two decades have taken Chinese Communist Party cash, collaborated with their institutions, propped up a scientific sphere that is perpetuating a genocide against their own people that makes the Chinese Communist Party feel so confident that our American medical establishment is not going to hold them to account, is not going to demand transparency, and how they can get away with releasing something like COVID-19 because they know the World Health Organization probe that's supposed to get to the bottom of where the virus came from, they can kind of run jury selection and choose who gets to decide uh, who who is, is the arbiter of the truth. It's such a good point. Um, they really do feel emboldened because of owning people like Peter Daszak. And, and knowing how people like Peter Daszak are going to uh, conduct themselves in the public sphere. So you mentioned, you've, you've mentioned some of the media appearances he's made. You talk about CGTN and Xinhua and other places. Um, just for the audience that, that is maybe new or doesn't know what these entities are, are these independent private organizations in China? Not at all. I don't think such thing exists in China. No, these are are media outlets that it is 100% agreed, not not conspiracy, not a right-wing talking point, that all these media outlets are controlled and operated by the Chinese Communist Party, specifically their publicity and propaganda departments. So... From the top down, uh, you know, whatever Xi Jinping wants to... to This is not your opinion, by the way. This is like verifiable. People can go away and look at this themselves. Yeah, and even if you look 
say, Foreign Agent Registration Acts under the, the Trump administration, they forced these entities to register with FARA as propaganda missions on behalf of China. And when you look into the FARA filings, you see they admit uh, I, it's like a list of, of nine verbs and mm. they all fall under some category of, you know, owned, operated, controlled, administered, uh, funded. And all of those, the box are checked. Yes. Well, for I'll go, I'll go, I'll go one step party. further. If you're skeptical of of that claim, even Wikipedia, which we know is, <laughs> is effectively a left wing talking point um, entity nowadays, uh, lists places like CGTN as controlled and owned by the China Media Group, which is part of the uh, government of the People's Republic of China, which is, of course, the Chinese Communist Party. So they know that he will go on their media networks and peddle their fictions and cover for them. He'll do the same thing on U.S. media networks, the ones that who, who will have him at least. I know he had this extended uh, stint on 60 Minutes last year. He's been on a couple of other uh, networks uh, over here as well, called PBS and, 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 and some other magazines that have chosen to interview him and amplify the information that Peter Daszak puts out uncritically, by the way. It's one thing to do it uh, with balance in the coverage, but it's another to do it uncritically. They do it uncritically. NPR, CNN, NBC, CBS, all of these guys, right? But then let's go a little bit further, because we always like to here at the National Pulse, and, and read a little bit more into this guy. While all of this is taking place, while the um, coronavirus is spreading uh, across the world while um, hundreds of thousands of people are losing their lives and livelihoods while trillions of dollars are being spent um, to try and prop this all up um, Peter Daszak still managed to find some time to make some political donations and some political donations he did of the 93 donations that he has given according to the Federal Election Commission uh, database all of them have gone to Democrats, and mm. 71 of them have gone to Joe Biden. 13 of them have gone to Hillary Clinton, and the outstanding amount have gone to various Democratic candidates at the kind of congressional uh, levels. That's a, a fact that you will certainly never see in the mainstream media. So, And, and frankly, too, even if you throw all the Chinese Communist Party uh compromise aside which you can't but say you put that on hold for a second even the fact that this guy is a clear partisan in his political donations stumping clearly for joe biden evidenced by these 71 donations in the course of i think just about five months uh i mean that's a different sort of bias that i think is relevant to a who probe into the origins of a virus that played such a critical role in how this election played out both in the, how it was conducted, how the Trump administration's approach to the virus was handled. I don't really think there was probably a burning fire for Peter Daszak to get to the bottom of where COVID came from and what the genetic makeup of it looks like if he knows that that would have helped the Trump administration tackle the virus. Again, who knows? This is, again, hypothetical because, as we've said, he's very clearly tied to the Chinese Communist Party. So I'm sure those loyalties would have prevailed. But it really is interesting that the media refuses to talk about it and just calls them independent, much like they did the Transition Integrity Project, right? right? No bias there. Really, I think it's kind of a, a Morse code in a way, or it's a secret sign that these people are so compromised that they don't want your average American to be looking in to where they're donating to politically, the kind of links they're sharing on Twitter, what conferences they're attending. Well, and not least, what they really, really don't want happening here is anybody linking Dashuk to Fauci? 
right? Fauci is their god now. Fauci must be protected at all costs. There are there are signs up on Capitol Hill still to this day, um, outside houses that say "Thank you, Doctor Fauci." I I, I I cannot believe that anybody would think that man had good intentions. I cannot believe anybody would think that man uh, actually knows anything beyond what you might read in a I don't know what your schooling grades are, so I'll I'll use my <laughs> year nine uh, you know uh, chemistry textbook. Um, and and yet, because because it just doesn't sound like he does when he goes out there, when he makes public pronouncements, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But there is this link. There is this link that that needs exploring that will come out. I mean, I don't understand. People like Dashik need to understand that the truth always wins in the end. So for him, when he goes up and 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 he says things that are in the clip that we played at the beginning of this uh, podcast, where he's attacking other people, where he's attacking other groups, religious groups. You know, no matter what you think of them, religious groups um, and and other uh, right wing personalities and television shows for scrutinizing, just simply scrutinizing his work, the Wuhan Labs work, Dr. Anthony Fauci's work, instead of coming back to us and saying, you know, dear Natalie Winters, um, my name is Peter Dasher. You've written about me a couple of times. I'd like to set the record straight. I'm happy to come onto your podcast for 20 minutes, maybe someday, and 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 have my say. Or you know, here's a comment from me that I'd love for you to include in your stories. Here's a link to a study that actually proves what I've been saying. You know, instead of doing any of that, what he does is he tries to say, you know, shut up. Uh, shut those guys down. They're not allowed to criticize me. They're not allowed to look into our work. And let me just put it this way. It's not exactly the most convincing way of going about telling the world uh, that your hands are clean. It's not exactly the most convincing way to get to, you know, and this is not me tooting our horn here. You know, we have a website that attracts millions upon millions of visitors every single month. We have an enormous amount of sway. The New York Times credited us uh, last week with 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 the the scalp of the Teen Vogue editor, even though they didn't name uh, the, the National Post by name. It was our story that they referred to. Uh, we'll get past that haterade sooner or later. But you'd think that at some point he'd go, "Ooh, you know, maybe if I'm doing some." Uh, damage control or I want them to lay off a little bit I'll engage and give them a little bit I mean that's a that's basic comms 101 instead you know what he does he blocks me on Twitter you know a, an independent WHO COVID the global COVID research lead is blocking the editor-in-chief of the National Pulse on Twitter now that means that he's specifically looking at my tweets and he's specifically trying to stop me looking at his I mean what does that say it seems like he's taking the uh, Chinese Communist Party approach to media. But I'm really. stunned. I'm just some kid from Uxbridge, you know, yeah. a suburb in West London, uh, running a website, and you have this figure who takes millions upon millions of dollars in financing from the US and the Chinese governments, who runs this huge firm, who's the chief of the WHO's COVID investigative team, going, ooh, that kid from Uxbridge, no, 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 he can't read my tweets. This is nuts. I'm just sad I haven't been blocked. Well, you're not a kid from Uxbridge. <laughs> That's what it takes, apparently. No, but I mean, it, it really is crazy, not not to hammer this point too hard, but the double standard that he will literally praise Chinese state media outlets and hosts is fantastic and sharp and great and go on their programs and then block American editor-in-chiefs, criticize our outlets without even talking to anyone uh, from from them, either myself or you, is, is absolutely 
bizarre, but it, it's not surprising. And he really has taken the same approach to to the COVID probe with the WHO, right? He was the one that convinced all the researchers that the 16,000 samples that seemed to disappear overnight didn't need to be looked at. He gave his seal of approval. He said, nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Right. Well, open invitation. Peter Daszak, come on this show anytime you want by telephone, by Skype. We don't use Zoom. Um, In studio, whatever you want, the door is always open for you here, just like the door at the Wuhan lab, apparently. And, um, you know, we want to hear from you. So, Peter Daszak, where are you? I want to know. All right, Natalie, we'll just change topics here real quick. Oh. We're going to talk about the lead story up on the nationalpulse.com right now, and that is Jen Psaki's sister. I didn't even know Jen Psaki had a sister until this morning where some kind human being sent me a message that said, is Stephanie Psaki related to Jen Psaki? Because seems that she's working at HHS. Tell us about this story. Sure. So Jen Psaki's sister, Stephanie, is a senior advisor in human rights and gender equity at the Department of Health and Human Services Office this of must, Global Affairs. This must be going back some months uh, into the uh, Trump administration, right? Because the Biden regime, when they came in, they said they weren't giving any jobs to family members. So this can't have been an appointment under under Biden, right? Unfortunately not. Uh, no, it definitely is. No. Uh, so yeah, it's, March 2021 was when wait, she that, started. That's this month? Yes, that's when she started. So she started this month? And yes. And that means that her sister, who is the press secretary, is effectively handing out government jobs to to, to Stephanie Saki. And, and, and this job, by the way, I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't envisage Cushia. Yeah. Right. No, I mean, listen to the job title, right? That was my immediate reaction when I read it. It's very Senior Advisor in Human Rights and Gender Equity at the Department of Health and Human Services Office of Global Affairs. So not even just uh, at HHS. It's not like, hey, in the middle of HHS sits this advisor. It's actually in a sub-office of HHS, <laughs> right? That there's this, there's this Human Rights and Gender Equity Senior Advisor. What does a senior advisor in human human rights and gender equity at the office of global affairs within the department of health and human listen ladies and gentlemen america this is this is your country gone wrong i mean this is the bureaucracy out of control you have the press secretary's sister being handed a cushy government advisory role in a sub office of a sub office you know she's probably got she's probably got three thousand square foot of 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 beautiful you know overlooking the potomac glass walled office uh space uh, a Keurig machine and and six uh, uh, assistants running around under her. I mean, this is somebody. Correct me if I'm wrong. Who worked at a group that is bizarrely, ominously named the Population Council? The Population Council being a pro-abortion uh, entity that that really seems to operate mostly in countries that have black and brown populations. So they're trying to control the populations via abortion of black and brown people. It's absolutely out- outrageous. You tipped me off, obviously. Just think about on, on that. This story, and I remember go- going through the group's website. There's a 
really, frankly, saddening page where they talk about how one of their main goals is to broaden access to abortion. And they say, in countries that allow abortion, we want to make it more accessible and more widely utilized. And then they say, in countries that don't, we want to make it accessible. So, you know, I'm, I'm no imperialist, but it kind of sounds like you're going into these random countries and, and telling them how to, how to run abortion. No, not policy. just that. Yeah, it's, fine. That's point one. <laughs> point two is they are, they are trying to kill uh, babies of of ethnic minority backgrounds right by their own by their own admission and if you know this is this is the old margaret sanger plant planned parenthood eugenicist mindset out here i'm gonna say it and stephanie saki can sue me stephanie saki worked for a eugenicist organization this is this is disgusting it's unacceptable and honestly all this Black Lives Matter stuff, all of the all of these communities that are being um, used by the Democrat Party and abused by the Democrat Party until, oh, we represent you and we're anti-Asian hate and we're anti-Black hate and all this stuff, they are killing your communities. They're killing your communities at home. They don't care about the murders that are going on in your communities in the United States and they are killing, killing people that look like you abroad. It's a disgrace. And I think, that, you know, this is the reason I found this story just so interesting and compelling. And ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen be very clear nobody else has reported on this am i wrong i i don't believe so it's only a, a linkedin update on on stephanie's page but other than that no, nowhere is it on the internet nobody else is talking about this you have and the cherry the cherry on the cake yes. the population council removed stephanie saki's bio page from their website i went into the archive and pulled out the uh, um bio page and i have embedded it on the national pulse uh story but if you go if you try and go to where she existed before on the population council's website it's gone you don't do that if there's nothing to hide, you only do that if there's something to hide. Listen, if you go to, hey, I've worked at Brookings or, hey, I've worked at Heritage, they don't delete your pay, your bio page when you go into the administration. If anything, they pump it up and say, look how many of our fellows are going to work in the administration. What is going on that they've removed her from their website? I don't know. Well, we'll find out. <laughs> yeah. We will find out. I promise you we'll you find out. You always ask me questions and sometimes I just don't know. Oh, that's unacceptable. Uh, Natalie, all right, I thank you for being here with us. I want everybody to go over and check out thenationalpost.com. Share that story of Jen Psaki's sister being given a cushy government job. Make sure that you are sharing all the stories. We've got more on Peter Daschet coming soon as well, I'm sure. Say again. And Fauci. And Fauci. She teases. I don't know about this. Do I know about this? Oh, I better read my emails more or my text messages. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to support our work in outing people like this, the sickos, the psychos that are running your government now, thenationalpulse.com forward slash support. And believe me, you know, we're such a small outfit that it's, it's at the point where I go in every day and I check how many of you are joining up as members. It's that important to us. Every single person is that important to us. And you can start with just $5 a month. For $5 a month, you could feed Natalie Winters. Please. <laughs> no, I'm not buying her any food, believe me. But that wasn't a fat joke. Don't look at me like that. I would never do that. I'm just saying, we're not spending their money on lunches. It's research. It's access. It's promotion of the site. It's... You know, basic things, server costs, all of that that we need to keep going. You can start today from just five bucks. You get something different for 10 bucks. I was just signing books. 
before we started this podcast today there's all sorts of different things just go over to that website fundrealnews.com and you can check it all out for yourselves i thank you i thank you for your time i thank you for sharing this show rating it on all your podcast platforms i noticed on the uh, on the new podcast today by that fox woman she's thanked like 15 producers at the end of it i have but one so thanks to raheem kassam i'll see you again <laughs>